You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com. So a guy walks into a bar, goes up to the bar, looks at the bartender. Bartender says, what do you have, sir? These guys sitting there thinking, what am I going to get? What am I going to get? The other guy sitting at the bar says, trust me, like anything you want, this guy will make for you. He's a great bartender. So the guy looks at him and says, I'll have a gin and tonic. The guy hands him a piece of fruit. He's like, what's this? He's like, just trust me. Take a bite. So he bites it and he's like, oh my God, that tastes like gin. And he's like, flip it around. He bites, he's like, oh my god, that tastes like tonic. It's a gin and tonic right here as a fruit. He's like, yeah, it is. So another guy walks into a bar, and he goes up to the bartender. He's like, I don't know what I want, what The guy that first guy that came in says, trust me, this guy can make whatever you want. He's great. Just tell him what you want. He's like, okay, awesome pussy. So the bartender's like, what? He's like, you heard me. So he reaches down, gives him a piece of fruit. Guy takes a bite of it. Spits it out. He's like, oh my god, this tastes like shit. Bartender looks at him and is like, yeah, turn it around. <laughs> that oh, yeah. joke comes courtesy of TikTok. That's a TikTok joke. That's a TikTok I'm... bit. I saw, the, I saw a little TikTok bit, and that was fun. That's, that's the only joke I know, and uh, I stole it. So there. Good work. Good work. Who said TikTok isn't good for anything? Uh, we know who, and we'll talk about it later. Uh, welcome to Forty Distraction. I'm one of your hosts, Adam, and with me, as always, is Scotty. How we doing, Scott? I'm wonderful, Adam. I'm I'm very very good. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this. We're gonna have a good time. It's gonna be sick. So sick. Spitting out an uh shit flavored fruit. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. So well, Adam. Well, Adam, I think let's just let's just dive right into it, okay? Let's just let's just do it. Let's just pull the band-aid off. All right. So, so a, a little bit of history, a little bit of history about poor distraction for the people who have joined us late. Uh, how long have we been doing the show? Like five years? Uh, Going yeah, it's almost, been it's almost been about five. five. Years? It's been about five years, yeah. Okay, so when we started this show. We were still in our infancy when the 2016 presidential election happened. Correct? I still remember the first episode like it was yesterday. I remember pretty much everything we talked about. Yes. Yeah. I'm, we, were, we were in the political season when we first started. Yep. And uh, we talked about politics uh, quite a bit on this show. 
And then you and I, you know, we said, hey, we are not a political show. Political podcasts are a dime a dozen. If you want to find one of those to listen to, be my guest. We are a pop culture entertainment show. We try um, to be. Some, yeah. We tried. We try to be. I mean, sometimes we'll talk about whatever in, up to and including politics. But uh, you and I decided some time ago, you know, hey, let's not let's tone it down on the politics. And occasionally we still talk about it because in the world we live in, there's kind of no way around it. Yeah. But uh, I think we've been pretty good boys. I think. Would you say we've we've been been good old boys? I mean, some people (laughs) might. Some people who've never met me, anyway, might say that. But uh, it's time, if you will. To bring up the 900-pound gorilla in the corner of the room here, Adam. It is the heat of the political season. It is the heat of the moment, as Asia would say. Yeah, the past couple days have been like 80-degree weather, so we're feeling the heat hardcore right now. That's global warming, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, so, we are, what is it, October 24th when we're recording this. So we're like what ten days away from yeah, the uh, dumb like 2020, that. the 2020 presidential election between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, and um, I- I've brought this up on the show before, but I want to give credit where credit is due, and I can't give you enough credit on this because back when we were starting in 2016, you were one of the very few people on the face of this earth that predicted that Donald Trump would win. You did. You said he would beat Hillary Clinton, and I said you were a crazy motherfucker for saying that. Yeah, I will take all the praise I can get for that. I don't think it was that hard of a prediction, but yeah, um, I did. I said it from the very beginning that he's going to win. Because I think I understand um, true America. True America. Not, Not the... The America that they like to put on posters. The real nitty-gritty America. And they're a bunch of fucking racists. Well, okay, yeah, I agree with you there. But for saying you feel it wasn't that hard to predict it, (coughs) well, apparently it was because the rest of America, including me, including yours truly, did not predict it. Uh, That just means I'm not not getting paid enough. That's all that means. Yeah, yeah. I know my, uh, Michael Moore predicted it like you did, and he took it a step further because he all he hates Trump, and but he said from the beginning he's like yeah Trump's gonna win and Trump is gonna win Michigan. Everybody's like you're fucking crazy, and he was right too. So I guess my point is we're here, here we are again, and. Um, how are things going, Adam? Would you like me to How predict? Things- would you like me to predict the election this time again? I would like you to predict it, but not right now. Okay. Let's let, let's tease that and let's save it for the end, because I also have a prediction that I'd like to make, and it may surprise you, or Ooh. may not. Okay. So, um, I was actually to talk myself up a little bit. I was invited to be a guest. On a big time podcast, my friend. The heck you say? I do us, and um, <coughs> uh, yeah, I it was it was such a last minute thing. 
and I called you. I'm like, Adam, you have to help me. Because for those of you who've been listening can tell, we're still doing our remote show, our quarantined edition. And uh, my sound quality is never as good as Adam's. Because I'm coming to you live from an old beat-up uh, iPhone where Adam has his nice microphone and mixer board set up at his apartment. Yes, sir. So, so your sound quality is always much, much better than mine. So I'm going to be on this guest. I'm going to guest of this podcast. And I said, I need your help. I need to use your equipment. And you, you broke protocol. Thank you for that. Allowing me to come over to your apartment and use your equipment, which I'm very grateful for. Thank you, good sir. You're quite welcome. And, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll talk it up right now. Um, I was on the podcast is called, what's it called? Fuck. Spanning the need, I believe with Anthony Spano. Um, it's not a podcast that I was familiar with before. I now listen to it. I think it's a pretty good show, a good host. Um, he doesn't do a political podcast. He does kind of like a, he always has a guest on, and he talks about whatever the guest talk like is into. Yeah, the expertise of the guest. You were correct. Like you were correct in the name. Like Joe Rogan. You were correct in the name. Yeah. Anthony Spanos. Hashtag spanning the need. Thank you, thank you. I didn't want to. I didn't want to fuck that up. And I will post a link to it on our social media accounts so if you want to see it there. I think but you I'm, already have, but yeah, post it again in case anybody missed it. I posted it on Facebook, I believe. I still need to post it onto the Twitter, but okay. that's neither here nor that's here nor there. I um, I was fucking proud of myself, if I do say so myself. Dude, that was a legit podcast too. It wasn't even like ours. Like, uh, they had who were the who were the guests that they had on there? I, I well, you don't have to remember their names uh, if you can't. But no, no, I, it was just it was nuts because it was the night before. I'm at home chilling at my house. My buddy calls me, who he's in the uh, local Democratic committee with me, and he's like, hey, I'm supposed to be on this podcast tomorrow night. I have to work late. I can't do it. I know you do a podcast. I told them your name. Would you be willing to do it for me? I'm like, yeah, what's it about? He's like, oh, they're just going to do – it's something to do with Youngstown State University, and they're going to have somebody who's a Trump supporter, and they're going to have somebody – they wanted somebody from Pennsylvania, which is where I live which is a battleground state in this upcoming election. They want to have somebody from Pennsylvania who is a Biden supporter. And as you're aware, I am a Biden supporter. So I'm like, yeah, sure, cool. That sounds like fun. I'll do it. So then I had to hustle to get on this show. I came over to your house. You were you were my savior. You hooked me up, got me on your equipment. I logged on. And here I come onto this podcast that is fucking legit. So the guests on this show were the mayor of Toledo, Ohio, which Toledo, Ohio is a big city, man. Yeah, that's, like, a, that's a large place. Yeah, so the actual mayor of Toledo was one of the guests. The other guy was a, the professor. He's actually the dean of the political science at Youngstown State University, and he just wrote a book. So he was on this show, like, promoting his book. And the third guest was this lady. Her name was Teresa. She is an on-air radio personality of an FM radio station in Cleveland, Ohio. 
Also another and then big city. And there was me. And then <laughs> there was me. I'm like, I'm like fucking intimidated, man. I'm like, wow. They've got me on this show with like some heavy hitters. How the hell did this happen? Like, I'm just a dude. So the podcast went on and uh, the mayor of Toledo, he was the other Biden supporter. It was he and I. And then the, the professor and the radio show person were the two Trump supporters. And midway through, not even midway through, the mayor's Wi-Fi shit out on him. Oh, shit. So he was gone, man. He wasn't even on. So now it's a handicap match between me and these two completely more qualified people than me. (laughs) And I have to say, I feel like I handled myself like a professional. And... You know better than most people. <coughs> I can be very... Oh, what's the word? Opinionated? Just say a dick, but that too. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I think I was very polite, and I, I hit him with some good points. And after the show was over, after we were done recording, the, the lady said, she's like, did a very good job debating. I, I like went home and jerked off. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. So, so you listened to it. What did you think of it? Um, I did not listen to the actual podcast itself yet. I've um, yet to. I the only parts I heard was your end of things because I was in the kitchen making eggs at the time that you were doing it. So um, I will say one part of the podcast, which I've told this uh, story before to you and your wife and a a friend of ours, uh, there was a moment where I believe one of the people on the podcast had said, I don't know why everybody's complaining about 2020 so much. And I'm walking down the street. I'm not seeing people sick and all this shit going on. 2020 didn't seem that bad to me. And I heard you say, did you just say 2020 didn't seem bad to me or something like that? And I was like, did this motherfucker just say 2020 was that bad? And if you would have had a video camera, you would have seen me poke my head around the corner of the kitchen, ready to say, did this motherfucker just say 2020 wasn't that bad? And you I... had like, you had like a Hannah Montana moment where you like, <laughs> you have you have the pan of eggs in your hand, you have your chef hat on and your apron, and you peek around the corner with your eggs, say, cook an egg, say what? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you, until I remembered that you were on a professional podcast, I almost said something. I almost said something very loud, like, what the fuck did he just say? Yeah, I, I was I was quite surprised. that It was the professor who made that comment. And he was a big-time Trump supporter. And one of, one of the big things about Trump is he's got a record to run on now. In yeah. 2016, he ran as, I'm an outsider. I'm going to come to Washington and I'm going to drain the swamp. I'm not a career politician. I'm going to come in and change things. Well, he's been president for nearly four years now and he didn't do any of that shit, man. He's got, he's got this terrible record that he has been an awful president. And part of it is that the main thing that I was hitting him with was the coronavirus was COVID. Yeah. Trump's handling of this pandemic has been horrible and like i think it's a consensus whether you're a trump supporter a biden supporter a conservative a liberal republican democrat or anything in between and outside 
I feel like everybody agrees 2020 sucks. Oh yeah, absolutely. 2020 might is the worst year of my life. 100%. Yeah. I think we're going to look back on this in 20 years and tell our kids and our grandkids, "Boy, you know, back in the early 20s, like you have no idea what we went through." Like that's going to be a story you're going to tell your kids. <laughs> your kids, you your early 20s. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like we live in that time now. Um one of the, one of the things I will say when it comes to like Trump is absolutely a terrible person and terrible president, I think. One of the things that I feel like in my personal opinion there has to be a caveat for is Trump it's true that I don't believe Trump built the great economy that we had early on as a presidency. I think that was a mm-hmm. layover from the previous presidency as these things tend to be because it's very hard to create something good and it takes a long time but it's very easy and quick to destroy something as we all know. Um but in terms of yes, Trump's handling of the COVID-19 epidemic that has swept over the world while that the COVID night the while it did cause like our economy to flounder and get into like a borderline if not a d- depression, um, you have to put an asterisk next to that because Trump didn't put policies forward necessarily that directly affected the economy. Um, I do believe that if he did not get rid of that pandemic uh, team that Obama had put in place, that we would have handled things better and maybe our economy wouldn't have dropped as much as it did. Uh, I'm just saying that it's definitely the pandemic that dropped our economy. It's not a it's not a promotion for Trump. I'm just saying, bear that in mind. I think any president that we would have had right now, if Hillary would have been president right now, I think the economy would have dropped too. Maybe not as much, so, but it definitely would have dropped as well. So the professor actually kind of made the same argument you just did in more in more or less words. And how I like to explain it is, if you go back in time to 2007, 2008, 2009, the Obama-Biden administration was handed the Great Recession. Yeah. An absolute floundering economy by the Bush administration. I mean, we were close to having the second Great Depression. It was very, things were very, very, very bad back then. Oh, I remember. The economy, the economy was horrible. Obama and Biden, they inherited a mess. And they did a lot of good things. I mean, they passed big-time stimulus spending, uh, infrastructure plans. They did the uh, cash for clunkers. And at the time... They did two things that I disagreed with. I didn't think they were good ideas, but in the long run, it looks like they might have helped. He did the the auto bailout and the Wall Street bailout, and those were things that the Obama Biden administration did that helped our economy get back on track. I think and, I think that's a very good important point that you just made, which I want I wanted to mention before we got into this particular part of the conversation is. We are saying that Obama was handed shit and turned it into pretty much, not gold, but, you know, something close to it. It doesn't necessarily mean for anybody ready to write their emails, well, what about Obama? Obama did this or that? Like, we're not saying that Obama was the perfect president and there's lots of things that we both disagree that he did. Yes. But it means, but he was a better president is what I'm going to say than the current administration that we have. Yeah. Oh, I can go, I can go do a whole podcast with you. 
about the things that President Obama did that I disagree with still to this day. But I hate the argument that Obamacare was a disaster where everybody's saying we can't do something like that. Look at Obamacare was a disaster. I always like to reiterate to the people that make that argument. Well, yeah, it was bound to be a disaster because it's something brand new that's being implemented in a countrywide scale. There's going to be bugs and there's going to be shit, but it is a stepping stone in the right direction that we need to go towards. There's no way Obamacare was going to come out the gate working. It was never going to do that because we've never had that in this country, but it's something you have to work towards. Oh, I can I can tell you all about Obamacare, but, uh, but before we get into Obamacare, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be long, long-winded on that. Back to the economy, as I was saying on the other podcast, which I'll say here, uh, Obama and Biden grew the economy that they inherited from Bush, and they made it into a, a good economy, a booming economy. Then in 2016, they handed that booming economy over to Trump. And I will say in 2017 and 2018, yes, even under Trump, the economy still continued to rise. That's why Trump always says, well, in 2018 – we had the best economy in the history of the United States, which that's true. But the vast majority of that good economy was grown by Obama. Yeah, it, it by didn't Trump. start in 2017. It didn't start that. No, it started in 2010, 2009 even. And and the thing is, uh, so Trump's trying to claim that he had this greatest economy. But in fact, the country was still benefiting from some of the Obama policies. Once the Trump policies started coming into play in 2019, things started changing. The rich started getting richer. The poor started getting poorer. The middle class started shrinking. And that's because of his tax breaks to the multimillionaires and multibillionaires. That that's, wasn't good. And that's something Trump did that was terrible. I think people forget that, and I, I said this earlier, that it's very difficult to build things, but it's very easy to break things and tear things down think about building a house it takes mm-hmm. time and effort and planning in order to build a house but i can destroy a house in a day easily easily destroy a house in a day so yeah making things takes time breaking things does it and in regards to what you said about like the tax breaks that trump gave people like to say well he took he you know dr- took uh drop down taxes all around like not just for the rich for everybody like everybody got like tax breaks and you know everybody got this and that and the other thing that might be true but i think the thing you have to remember is the people on the lower end of the spectrum the lower class the lower middle class did not receive as much of a break as the wealthiest in this country i noticed when people said it, I know I went back and I looked at my pay stubs where I work, and I noticed there was a slight difference in my paychecks before and after when he did these tax break. But the difference was like maybe ten or fifteen dollars per paycheck, something like that. So that meant every month I had an extra like what twenty to thirty dollars. It's barely enough to fill my gas tank. So it's not like it was that big of a boom thing where it's like praise Trump, he did such good for us. I got enough to like put a half a gas tank in and go get a Chipotle. That was about it every month. Yeah, so, Chipotle. Yeah, f- fucking great Chipotle. But that that was it. So yeah, it may be true that people on the lower end did receive some benefit from the tax break, but it was barely a blip on the radar of what they needed. Yeah, um and then and then the pandemic hits. 
which, yeah, we could talk about that too. I mean, that's a whole nother thing. Um, yes, it started in China, and a lot of the fault can be blamed on China. Yeah, I'm not absolutely. With that. China but, is responsible. China is responsible, but Trump's lack of leadership and how he handled it made things bad in the United States. That too you is responsible. It, you, said, you said it early, earlier, when Trump did away with the pandemic response team. That was horrible. I mean, that's something. Do I think the pandemic response team would have been able to stop this virus from ever coming to the United States? Absolutely not. But the only reason, the only reason that Trump did away with the pandemic response team is because it had Obama's name on it. Obama started it. Trump hated Obama. He tried to undo everything that he could up to and including Obamacare to just erase any history of Obama ever being president. I would have and to agree with it, you on that. I would have to uh, take your side on that remark. That is definitely true. Yes, yes. And I feel if we would have had that pandemic response team in place, we would have been more prepared. It's called a head start. For, we need a head start for as much shit as we can. Yes, yes. So right there, and, and then just how just how cavalier Trump was about the pandemic. I mean... He said that you should inject bleach, and, and and he said that masks don't work, and he makes fun of people who wear masks, even though his own health department and Dr. Fauci say, no, 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 you need to wear a mask. Uh, like, it, it's absolute nonsense. And then we hear the, the Bob Woodward tapes where it comes out, because originally I had thought that it was just Trump being an idiot like he always is. And he's just not listening to scientists. He's not listening to doctors. But then we hear on the Woodward tape, man, that he actually knew how serious this virus was. And he chose, he made a conscious effort to lie to the public. Yeah. If he would have come out and said, hey, this is a serious deal. Stay inside. Stay quarantined. Wear your mask. Then there would have been people who listened to him, who respect him, that would have done it. Instead, it was mainly his supporters that were out running around. Oh, this is just a liberal <clears throat> hoax. Oh, this will be gone by Easter. Oh, like a miracle will disappear when the weather warms up. Because that's the stuff he was repeating at his rallies. And how many... We're going to have a quarter of a million Americans dead. That's nonsense. I, and those that blood is on Trump's hands. I don't care if you're somebody who thinks that the pandemic response team was a waste of money because it wasn't doing anything at the time that obama made it it's called a preventative measure like we don't we don't you know recruit soldiers and train them when we go to war we allow training and recruitment of soldiers at any time it's not like we're in ancient athens where you know we decide to go to war and then we start raising an army right then no we have an army to prevent war so why we are first we're supposed to be a first world country like we should have these preventative measures that they should exist like it doesn't matter if they go a few years without ever actually like doing anything they should be planning and they should be saying well what if this what if that let's you know make preparations for something like this and seeing diseases that are occurring in other countries and saying well we got to be prepared for if that comes over here like we need that's something we need yeah and then and then you were talking about uh Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. And uh, 
years ago, I worked for a, a healthcare company and I was a certified applications counselor. And this is when the Affordable Care Act was first passed. And it was became a law and it was new and it was new to everybody. Nobody really understood it. I actually had to study and learn how this thing worked. And it was my job. I had Pennsylvania and Ohio. I had to travel from Philadelphia to Cincinnati and everywhere in between where I would schedule meetings with people and I would sit down with people and I would, I would help them enroll in a healthcare plan through healthcare.gov. So I kind of have a unique perspective on the Affordable Care Act. And again, I'm agreeing with you so much. I guess I'm being kind of a yes man to you today, but it's true. You said, you know, it wasn't perfect. It was a step in the right direction. That's exactly it. Uh, Obamacare was not not perfect. It was far from perfect. Uh, One of the main problems I had with it was that the insurance companies were still involved with the pricing. And there was the marketplace exchange where competition was supposed to drive the prices down. But the insurance companies would get together and they didn't want to lowball each other. So they they had an agreement that they weren't going to go below a certain level. Plus, there were certain states that didn't expand Medicaid and that screwed people royally. But I will say it was light years better than what we had in place before. I mean, you, you couldn't. You, you could stay on your parents' insurance till you turn 25. Uh, yeah. you, couldn't be, you couldn't be thrown off your insurance because of a pre-existing condition. That's stuff that we had before, too, that was great. Now, you know me, Adam. I'm in favor of Medicare for all, or even better, a single-payer system like Great Britain or Canada. But Obamacare is so much better than nothing. I've been thinking a lot lately about taxes, um, and I've been thinking about, a lot about how you make these programs work and um, how you can maybe solve some of these problems. And I was thinking about it, and I realized, which is something I kind of realized before, but this kind of cemented it, is there's no there, – what people need to recognize is that there's no perfect solution to any of these problems. There's – one side says – the right says – if you provide uh, Medicare for all, universal health care, and you raise the minimum wage, what's going to happen is businesses are going to go out of, uh, are going to shut down, and cost of living is going to go up, and things are just going to go negative, and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, the rich are probably going to lose jobs because, or lose money out of certain things because they're going to get taxed. But if you do things the way that, or do things in the negative on the left side, you know, you lower minimum wage and you get rid of all these, you know, benefits and stuff like that. It's going to benefit the rich because they won't get taxed as much. And the lower end is going to make less money and have more bills and things like that. No matter which way you look at it, you have, I think people need to recognize that there is no perfect solution. No matter what you do, somebody's going to get hit. Some group of people is going to take a hit. It does not matter. That's just the way that it works. And my opinion has always been, I'm going to reiterate reiterate it today, I think the people that should take the hit are the people that can take the hit and keep going. So, for example, I'll take me. I'm living in a small apartment. I just leased a car that I really can't afford, but I needed a car to get back and forth to work. And I'm barely making a lot of my bill payments as it is. 
I cannot afford to take the hit. But somebody who's making, say, their take-home is like 500 grand a year. Like, that's after taxes. Their take-home is 500 grand a year. They can take a hit. And if their taxes increase to the point where instead of taking home 500 grand a year, they take home 250 to 300 grand a year, I'm still I'm not going to feel bad about that because they're still living an amazing life and they're still able to do all the things they want to do. They can go on vacations and they can buy things they want. All that's going to mean is maybe they take one less vacation a year or maybe they don't get that sailboat that they wanted to until next year. So I think that we have to remember is we need to make sure that people that the people that take the hit are the people that can afford to take the hit. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you. A couple things on that. Uh, Joe Biden's plan. If if you make if you're a family or an individual even who makes under four hundred thousand dollars a year, then your taxes will not go up one penny. It's the people who are making over that $400,000 a year mark, that their taxes are going to go up. And he's basically, basically Biden's tax plan is exactly what you said. It's a, it's a, it's a Robin Hood thing. It's a motherfucking Kevin Costner in Waterworld. It's <laughs> take the money from the rich people because they can fucking afford it. Um, yeah. And, and, and I'm just like every other red-blooded American. I hate paying taxes. Me too. No, nobody likes paying taxes. I get my pay stub from work, and I see how much money was taken out by the state and by Uncle Sam, and I just want to vomit. But guess what, Adam? At the same time, I also like having nice things. Meaning, I like having a police force who can protect me. I like having a fire department that will respond if my house is on fire. I like having public libraries and nice, smooth roads that don't fuck up my car's suspension. I like having good quality public schools where my children can learn and have the nice kind of stuff. I would rather my money go to that than helping that person buy an extra yacht, like you said. That's just me. That's just me. And I'm sorry to any rich person that says it's not fair that I should have to pay more taxes because I'm rich. And I'm going to comment and give them the comment that I've heard my entire life and I've heard people say my entire life. I guess you better live within your means then, buddy. I guess you better live within your means. Let's face it, Adam. No rich people are listening to our podcast. Fuck. I guess I better not. I guess <laughs> yeah. I better not uh, put our Patreon out there for next time. So there we go. I don't know, man. Uh, this this political season has gotten has gotten very ugly, and and I've been very involved. I've been volunteering my time, and I've been knocking doors, and I've been talking to people, and I've been doing everything I can do because I just feel our country is on the wrong path. And I've said it on the show before. I don't love Joe Biden. I I, I really don't. When the Democratic primary was happening. He wasn't my first, second, third, or even fourth choice. You know, I was a big Bernie Sanders guy. Bernie, Bernie. But, but Joe Biden is who won the Democratic primary. And it's him or Donald Trump because of our horribly broken, stupid two-party system. It's going to be either Joe Biden or Donald Trump. Those are the only two choices we have. And Donald Trump is a disaster. He has been horrible. 
I would probably vote for a dead raccoon and a half-eaten ham sandwich over Donald Trump. So, of course, of course I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. There's no way I'm not voting for Joe Biden. I think I think a lot of the problem is today people have decided within the past few years, I guess since the last election, to make their political orientation their identities. And True. I don't know if it's because they don't have an identity to themselves or if they're obsessed with it. I don't know what, what, what it is about that. Um, but I just, I don't... I think things get negative when you take things like politics and make it your identity, especially when you're not even a politician. You're like a construction worker or you're a programmer or you're a teacher or you're a grocery store clerk or anything like that. Like you should never make your political orientation your entire identity. So like I see all these people that have like make America great again, like flags and the MAGA hats and the trump shirts and they like i see we live in an area where i see pickup trucks drive down the road that have big trump flags like in the bed of the truck like flying like flying high and shit like that and i'm like do you really do you really want that to be your identity like i don't don't care if you want to support trump fine support trump but like do you want to make that your identity like is that what you want to be all about that you're the trump guy like what if it, what if it like undeniable proof comes out that he like eats babies? Do you really want that to be your identity that you're the Trump guy that supports the dude that eats babies? Well, according to QAnon, it's the Democrats who eat babies. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, but but never never mind that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, dude, you fucking nailed it. I loved everything that you just said, and. And I hate to say this, but I, I've done it too. And we never used to be this way. We never used to be this way. I remember back in, uh, back when George Bush was president or even when Barack Obama was president, you had your guy. You had your guy that you liked and you supported him. You maybe put a sign of the candidate that you like in your front yard. And then the election happened. And win, lose, or draw, that's how it was. And you know what people did then? They went out to their front yard and they took the sign down and they went on with their life. But that didn't happen in 2016. There were people who put the Trump signs out and he won. And Adam, they never took the signs down. Yeah. They've been up. They've been up for five years. I've never seen that. Normally, the the political signs are just up over the election season. They usually just wear a t-shirt and a hat over the election season. And I never saw big fucking trucks with with flags flying from them. It was almost like... Excuse me. It was almost like the... It was like a fuck you to everybody who lost. Like it's fucking sports or something. Politics is not sports. Like... You don't live and die with your team. Like you're not. You shouldn't even be that way about sports, to be honest with you. You really shouldn't even be well, that way about that, too. Well, sports are sports. They're, they're <laughs> meant for rec- uh, Let's. I love sports. I fucking love it. But it's not gonna. It's not gonna affect the way of the world. Like I like when the last week when the Pittsburgh Steelers absolutely murdered the Cleveland Browns. You better fucking believe I was rubbing it into the faces of my Cleveland Brown fans. And then that was it. That was the end of it. Oh, well, I, I'm not going to rub it in their face for five years. That's absolute, absolute dog shit. 
and, and and it has affected me. Now I am the most politicized I've ever been in my life because I feel like so much is riding on this election because I honest to God, I don't think I can take another four years of seeing these big fucking trucks with, with the, the truck the truck nuts hanging down and a Confederate flag and a Trump Trump that bitch flag flying. <laughs> I don't think I can take that. You know what I'm talking about. You know the people. Oh, I, I know. I've they seen fuck, it. They fuck their cousins and do shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> but at any rate, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what makes me mad about those trucks, man. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it's not. It's not happened to me once. It's happened to me twice. One time, I was driving my car and I got pulled over by a cop because my inspection here in Pennsylvania was overdue. And I got a ticket for not having my inspection. And while he pulled me over, I had uh, Mardi Gras beads hanging from my rearview mirror. The cop then tells me, it's illegal to have those there. You have to take those Mardi Gras beads down. So I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. And I was like, oh, of course, of course. I took them right down and didn't put them up. Then a second time it happened, Kristen was driving her car, and I'm in the passenger seat. And we came to a railroad crossing. And it, it was not one of the ones that had the arm that went down. Yeah. It was just the flat. It was just the flashing red light. And we stopped. And it was dark. It was late. There was no other cars. We looked left. We looked right. We looked left again. There was no train in sight. And we sat there for a good seven minutes. And she's like, "I'm just gonna go." So she went. Little did we know there was a cop in the parking lot that saw us do that. Pulled us over. And gave us the fifth degree about, you're not allowed to do that. And I'm like, there was no train come. Doesn't matter. He, like, literally took out a rule book and handed it to us and made us read it out loud to him. Like he was a fucking high school teacher. But that's not the point that matters. Kristen had a lanyard, her work lanyard, that she used every day. That when she took it off from work, she would just put it around her rearview mirror so she wouldn't lose it. What did that cop say? That's illegal. You can't have that there. You have to take it off. So it happened to me with beads, and it happened to Kristen with a lanyard. You're not allowed to put things on your rearview mirror. It blocks your vision. But having a giant fucking full-size flag on the back of your truck is uh, perfectly legal. Yeah, oh, apparently. that's just fucking fuck. Don't fucking understand that. How is that okay, but I can't have a little fucking necklace hanging down from my mirror? I, yeah, I don't get it. I, I've got a lanyard on my rearview mirror, too, yeah. because I, I need it for when I park at work. So, I've I've never been stopped for that, but yeah, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. Well, neither that's neither time were we neither time were we stopped for it. We were stopped for something else, and then told about it. Let me and tell we you, didn't a, we didn't get a ticket for it. It was just the fact that I got told twice about this is such bullshit. Let me tell you, I I had a ornament that a friend of mine made me, and I hung it up on my rearview mirror. I hung it up. I had it up on my rearview mirror for two cars. I had a Ford Focus that I hung mm-hmm. it up on, and then I had my Jeep Patriot that mm-hmm. I've recently replaced that I hung it up on the entire lifespan of those cars. Not mm-hmm. once, and I've been, and I was stopped a few times. Not once did a cop tell me you can't have that hanging in your rearview mirror. Not a single time. Hmm. So that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. You, you got it some is. fucked up cops right there. Um, I do want to say something. I don't know when we're going to move on or if we're going to move on from this conversation, but I do want to say one thing real quick um, to anybody who still says that Trump is the greatest and most original person out there. Do you know the catchy slogan, Make America Great Again? Did you know he stole that? 
did hear that. Yeah, I looked it up. He stole it from Reagan in the Reagan 80s when, that, when yeah. he did it. So, yeah, still a fuckhead Republican that was kind of an asshole, but he stole he stole Make America Great Again. He, the only thing he did was he took off the let's because Reagan's slogan was let's make America great again. So all he did was take off the let's and then he used that. So he basically stole the fucking slogan. Yeah, I was going to stay Reagan, but I wasn't sure. So oh, it was I'm Reagan, yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought I remember hearing that somewhere. Yeah. Be fucking original, please. That's all I ask. <coughs> I don't know, man. It's 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 fucked. I just think it's going to be interesting. It's going to it's going to come down to the wire. Let's get to there our predictions. A... Let's get to our predictions. Oh, let's... we we got we got to do the predictions. Yeah, we let's, do the predictions. let's do that because it's almost time um, for coercive cinema. So let's get let's get to the oh, predictions. Course, we can, we'll course. move on to that. Good call, sir. Um, since you were the one who was correct, why don't you go first? What are your predictions for the 2020 election? I gotta be honest with you, this one's tougher than 2016, I think. It's a little bit tougher because we, 2016, people had a lot more hope, I think, for Trump because they were like, he's not a politician, he's just a guy. Like, he's a millionaire, and he's a rich guy, and he's a businessman, but he's not a politician. He's something different. He's not the same old, same old that we've been seeing for years and decades. So I'm all about him. I'm into Trump. Let's see what he's going to do. Let's see what he's all about. So it was easy to predict it then. This one's a little bit more difficult because we've had four years of Trump. And I've seen people, not enough in my opinion, but I've seen people who were Trump supporters that have come out and said, yeah, so I voted for Trump before and I liked him for a little bit, but I got to be honest with you, I don't like him now. So they've switched gears and they're either voting third party or for Biden. And Biden's an interesting candidate too because he's pulling a lot of the moderates to his side. People yep. that are yep. on norm Republicans, like registered Republicans who are also moderates, he, he's pulling them too. So this one's a this one's a toughie. I'm not gonna lie, this one's a tough election. Um I think Biden's gonna win. Oh, I th really? I think Biden's going to win only because of the support that I see for Biden. There's a lot of Trump signs that we see in our area, and I'm kind of basing mm -hmm. it off this. There's a lot of Trump signs we see in our area, but there's still a lot of fucking Biden signs, too. Mm -hmm. And there's even there Biden are... signs. There's even Biden signs peppered into those neighborhoods you would typically see as Trump signs. There's like a bunch of Trump signs and like a Biden sign. And I'm like, oh, Very shit. Very true. Very sure. I want to. I'll let you finish. I just want to interject here about the signs. Okay. Because I know there's there's the, the old saying that hey, well signs don't vote. Yeah. That's what everybody said in 2016. And I can't speak for every region of the country and every state. I can just talk about our city in our county in our state. And in 2016, I hardly saw any Hillary signs. There were no Hillary signs anywhere, and there were Trump signs everywhere. And everybody said, oh, well, signs don't vote. Signs don't vote. And then what happened? It seemed it sure fucking seemed like signs voted because Trump won in our area, especially. And there were hardly any Hillary signs. Yeah. Now, this year, this year, there's still a lot of Trump signs, but there's a shit ton of Biden signs, significantly more than there were Hillary signs. And I think that might be a good indicator. Now, I don't know if it's going to decide the election. Because really, in real life, signs don't vote. But I liked where you brought the signs up, so well, I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah, here's here's the other point for why I kind of think Biden has a good chance of winning, in that 
because the pandemic is being used as an excuse to shut down a lot of polling places over the country. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of counties that used to have a bunch of polling places that now they have one polling place. You got right. to this one place right. and you got to vote. The, here's the thing, though. That's not doesn't seem to. From what I've been seeing, at least online, from like videos and articles and stuff like that, and whether they're true or not, that doesn't seem to be deterring people because you You're hear right. stories of people that are waiting in line for like five, six, seven hours in some places to mm-hmm. cast their vote. And, yeah. do, and there's more people voting early and mo- voting by mail. I, I have a funny feeling that maybe after s- the people that decided to boycott the election in 2016 because they, hate, they didn't want Trump, but they hated Hillary and they decided to boycott it, have yep. realized that after four years of Trump, maybe they're like, oh shit, we've had Trump and this guy's kind of terrible and I don't like him representing our country, so I have to vote. Like, that's what I have to do. And it seems like more... this. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the first election in a long time we've had the most votes. This may not be the first election we have the most votes overall. I don't know. But this may be the election where we've had more people voting than we've ever had in a long time. And I think that's a very say, important I have, thing. I have a friend, and she did not vote in 2016. And her reason was she hated Trump and she hated Hillary. So she just said, it doesn't matter who wins. It's going to suck for me regardless. So she didn't vote. And she saw how the world was the past four years. Not only is she going to vote this year, I've talked to her. She already voted early by mail and for Joe Biden. So there's that. Yeah, so that's there we go. So that's why I I actually think joe biden has especially after those debates i kind of think that joe biden has i don't know if he's going to win i think he might win i hope he wins but i think he actually has a good chance as opposed to 2016 hillary versus trump so okay i'm predicting a biden victory wow i'm I'm predicting it's close call i'm i think it's going to be a very close call and i think there's going to be a months where trump is going to dispute it and I think there may be there may be a chance where Trump will dispute it, and he will somehow f- use the system to maybe gain victory. But I think Biden will win the election. Okay, wow, I'm actually shocked. I thought you were going to pick Trump, but you know what? You were right four years ago. So, my friend, I hope you're right again. I really do. But now it's time for my prediction, and. Uh, yeah, your your prediction was very different. I have I have about a handful of friends who are are big time Democrats. They all voted for Hillary four years ago, and they're all voting for Biden this year. And every one of them said, "Oh, this is going to be a landslide." Look at the polls. Look at the polls. Biden's ahead by so much. They say he's going to win. He's going to win by so much. Then I have a handful of conservative Republican Trump supporter friends and they all voted for Trump four years ago and they're voting for him again and they say Trump's going to win in a landslide it's not even going to be close I don't care what the polls say because they were wrong four years ago they're going to be wrong again so I'm kind of with you where I'm in the middle I don't think it's going to be a landslide one way or the other I think it's going to be a very, very close election. Um, I'll be honest with you, part- uh, not to interrupt, I think it's sad that it's going to be a very close election. But <laughs> I think, yeah, I, 
you're right. You're right. It is sad. But one thing that you brought up that I was going to talk about that is so true is the early voting. There has been so much early voting in states that allow early voting or states that allow voting by mail, which has been expanded this year because of the pandemic. There has been so much of it. It's insane how many people have already voted. That might be the difference maker in certain states. I'm really hoping, but we'll have to wait and see. But here comes Malank's prediction. Okay, I think that the Democrats will take the Senate. I think they will win enough seats. The Democrats will take control of the Senate, and they will keep control of the House. I think Joe Biden will win the popular vote by an even larger margin than Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. I think that's a given. I think that's a given. But I think Donald Trump wins the Electoral College in a very, very close one. Basically, what it boils down to, if you look at the, if you look at the map of 2016, it was very close. Like, Trump barely beat Hillary in 2016. So all Biden needs to do is flip three red states to blue, and he wins. Three out of 50? I, I, he, he can do it. He can do it. But I don't see it happening. I see Pennsylvania, our home state, which Trump won four years ago, I see Biden winning it this year. I do. I, I, think, I, I see. I, I see that too. Yeah. I think Biden wins Pennsylvania, and it helps him that he, he's actually from Pennsylvania. He lives in Delaware now, which is. Did one you hear? Over did you in the, one of the debates? Trump tried to claim that Biden wasn't from fucking Scranton. He yes. tried to sit there and say like he's not. He's not a boy from Scranton. Like maybe he lived there for a bit, but he's not. A, he's not. His hometown's not Scranton. Fuck off. He he lived there till he was like fifteen years old. Yeah. His dad. His dad. He lost his job. His dad's job went away. So his dad had to move the family to Delaware for a new job. He was 15 years old. Like, yes, he's from Pennsylvania. That's horseshit. I would be yeah. so mad I'm, if somebody said that about I'm me. I'm from California, technically, <laughs> but I've lived most of my life in PA. PA is my home yeah. state, but I'm from California originally. Exactly. Exactly. My wife has lived in Pennsylvania a long time. She's from Ohio. Like, you're from a state and you live in a state. They're two different things. Anyway, I don't want to... I digress. Yeah. I digress. Uh, I think Pennsylvania will go blue for Biden. And I think Michigan. Michigan Trump barely won four years ago. I think Biden wins Michigan. And that might even be a little bit closer than Pennsylvania. But that's it. So what, is he, what think, do you think Biden needs then to win? I think I think he needs to get out. I think he needs to travel to these states. He needs to go to Pennsylvania. He needs to go to Ohio. He needs to go to Michigan. He needs to go to Wisconsin. He needs to go to Minnesota. He needs to go to Nevada. He needs to go to Arizona, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. All those states I just mentioned are the big ones. Those are the ones that he needs to go to. He needs to not hide in his fucking basement from the pandemic. I get it. He's old. He doesn't want to get corona. None of us do. But you've got 10 days for an election. 
you've got to go to these states. You got to send President Obama out. You got to send Michelle Obama out. You got to send Kamala Harris out. You got to send send the troops. Like have rallies in these states. That's what Trump is doing. Trump has huge rallies. He's got Mike Pence with him. He's got Rudy Giuliani with him. He's got all seven of his kids with him. Like, he doesn't care if the people who come to his rallies die of corona. And I'm not saying that the, the Biden should host these super spreader events like Trump. But he needs to do more in-person events than he's doing. That's what I think he needs to do. And... I got to hand it to the Trump campaign. They're doing they're doing a good job, just like they did four years ago. What killed Hillary? And Hillary had a big lead. Hillary was winning in every poll, even the conservative polls. And then what happened? Uh, Mueller started doing an investigation on Hillary Clinton into her email scandal. And that investigation was happening right when voting was going on. So that killed her. The, you know, her email scandal. And Trump was putting that out there. Hillary's emails, Hillary's emails. And that turned a lot of people off on Hillary. Yeah. And then he won the election. And then a couple days after the election, Mueller came out and said, oh, Hillary's cleared of any wrongdoing. So she didn't even do anything wrong. It was just the fact that she was being investigated for them during the time people were voting. I think that's going to happen again with hunter biden's emails you heard about this right yeah i did it's such a bullshit thing but so we're it's not joe biden it's not joe biden either no no it's 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 such a dumb thing although i guess we do complain a lot about trump's kids and the dealings they had so if we're going to complain about trump's kids i guess we can't ignore biden's kids and any dealings they might have had but it we don't know and i don't know it's that's a sticky situation. That's very. I, it's a very. It's a, it's a minefield that you have to traverse very delicately. I'd be willing to bet that uh, the attorney general Barr, in the next couple days, he's going to announce an investigation into Hunter and Joe Biden because of these emails, and the investigation will be ongoing over election day. They're going to do the same shit they pulled on Hillary. I guarantee it. One thing I do like about Joe Biden is he's very open about his son's problem, his, the the drug addict. Yes. Like he's yes. very open. And he's like, yeah, don't pull my son to this. Yeah, he had he had a problem. I admit it, and we dealt with it. What family doesn't have problems? Fuck off. It was a great answer. It was a great answer. Yeah. Trump he did, he attacked didn't, him. He for... didn't deflect it. He didn't try to change the subject. He's like, yeah, he had a problem, and we were Trump dealing with it. That's like, a personal oh, family son, matter. Your son's a crackhead. And Joe was like, yeah. Yeah, he he struggles with addiction. He has a drug problem. He has been in and out of rehab. We know this. It is a struggle. It is a disease. And you know what? We're proud of him because he has been sober for some time now. Yeah. And I was like, wow, what a fantastic answer. That was, that was. a good answer. If Biden yes. if Biden wins, I want to get a shirt that says, Will you just shut up? So that anytime <laughs> ever you just shut up. Anytime man. I ever come across somebody who wants to say something, I just gotta point the shirt and be like, Don't even say anything. Just just do that. So uh, to to wrap this up and then we'll get to course of cinema here. I think I think Biden wins two states and he needs to win three, and it will be so close, but Trump just barely squeaks to the 270 mark in the Electoral College, and he wins. 
And this is why I fucking hate the Electoral College. Because I think that Trump will be reelected. And God, I hope I'm wrong. That's I right, Scott. Every day. Jump I on my train. Every day. Well, here's the thing. Jump. Four years ago, I said Hillary, you said Trump. And you were right. No, now Jim. this year, you're saying Biden, I'm saying Trump. Well, I hope history repeats itself, but you're right. So <laughs> jump on, jump on my train with the electoral college. Jump on, j- just jump on. I said for years, fuck the electoral college. Just bullshit. You did. You you were against the electoral college longer than I was, but I am on that train with you now. I fucking hate the electoral uh, college too. A choo choo, leaving the station. Let's go. Yeah. Like we said, we're done. Enough politics talk. We. Put our predictions out there. Take your bets. See which one of us is right. It's time, though, for our newest segment that we've been doing now for a few weeks, which I enjoy greatly. Course of Cinema. Course of Cinema is a segment mm-hmm. that we do where each one of us picks a movie that we've seen that we know the other person has not seen, and we tell them, you got to go watch that movie and report back to us what's going on. So, I've been talking about this segment with Scott for a while, and we finally decided to pull the trigger and make it work. Um, let's go over what uh, movies we picked this time for Course Cinema. I chose, for Scott, the Netflix original movie, The Babysitter, starring Bella Thorne and a number mm-hmm. of other characters. But let's be honest, Bella Thorne is like the main character, because she's on the cover of it. Um, and you chose, for me, Magic Mike, mm-hmm. starring Channing Tatum... And a number of other actors that are very big in it. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't remember who went first last time. So um, if you don't mind, I'll go first this time. Sure. Um, go right ahead. Go right ahead. I'm trying to pull up the IMDb so I can make sure that I have it as a reference. Um, I got to be honest with you, Scott. I didn't I didn't hate the movie, is what I'm going to say. I didn't hate the movie. Okay. okay. Um, I felt... The entire one hour and 51 minutes of this movie severely inadequate is what I'm going to say. The entire time I watched this movie, I'm like, my stomach doesn't look like that. Or my dick isn't that big. So I, I'll be honest with you. It, there's a story in there and Channing Tatum's very good in it. But for me personally... <laughs> I had a hard time getting past the, I'm, I, I don't work out enough. I'm very inadequate to these basically Greek gods that are standing up there on the stage. So mm-hmm. there's a story, and, it, and it's a pretty good story. <coughs> Channing Tatum stars as a man of many talents, a construction worker, a uh, person who works on cars, a uh, stripper, and a uh, furniture maker. I don't know how he has time for all this stuff and partying at the same time. I would like to uh, get him as my life coach. Maybe he can organize my life. But um, he has a bunch of different jobs and he takes on, uh, I guess you could say, a sidekick or an apprentice to his life. A protege? Protege. That's a better term for it. A Mm -hmm. protege um, who he brings into the fold in the stripper community that is run by... um, matthew mcconaughey's character and i gotta be honest with you i've heard a lot of great things about matthew mcconaughey he is playing the classic mcconaughey character the all right all right all right all right all right all right <laughs> i don't know anything about him personally in his personal life but i found him to be the most annoying fucking character in the entire movie 
I every single time he was on stage, I'm like, you guys got to see through this. Like he's he's shifty as fuck. He's a shifty motherfucker. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Um, but it has, mo- I think, more of a story than I thought it was going to have. There's this whole side story of Channing Tatum trying to get with bad credit trying to get a loan from a bank so he can start his woodworking business and get out of the stripper game there's the side story of the protege and his drug addiction and sex addiction which i mean in this movie let's be honest like there's a lot of names in this movie but it's the movie's basically about channing tatum um matthew mcconaughey the protege and the protege's sister that's really it like the the oh. other strippers take like a backseat. Like you don't hear about their stories or anything going on with them for the most part. In fact, the only name I can remember of the other strippers is Tarzan. And that's Tarzan's great. Uh, Kevin Nash, the wrestler, played them, I believe. Yeah, I think it was Kevin Nash. Yes. And uh, you got to remember Big Dick Richie, right? That's right. I do to, remember uh, Big Dick Richie. Big Dick Richie. Yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> Who's I, uh, Joe Joe Manganiello? Yeah, Joe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do remember them. I, it's not this movie's not for me. Is what I'm gonna say. It I I don't. I'm not gonna say it's a bad movie. It's a, it's a good movie, but it's not for guys like me who don't have enough time to work out the way these guys work out and feeling. I just it just. Yeah. I think I feel what a lot of women probably feel when they go to like bond movies and stuff like that and they see the uh love interest of that particular the movie the bond the bond girl yeah the bond girl i mean in fairness lately bond has been in amazing shape and so i do feel inadequate to bond now but i can imagine what women feel like when it comes to this movie so i'm not going to say it's a bad bad i'm not going to give it a thumbs down it's a great movie and if you like it you like it it's just me. It just makes me feel bad about myself. If I'm being honest, I'm like, God, I just want to look like that. I just want to look like anybody in that movie, except for Gabriel Grace Iglesias. I love him, but he's way bigger than I am. So he's he might be so the he... worst looking character in the entire movie just because he's overweight. And that's not a negative thing. I'm overweight too. But yeah. Yeah, he was funny in it though. Oh, I love the Gabriel Gabriel. He's one of my favorite <laughs> comedians. I love him so much. He was funny. So, uh, here's a fun fact about this movie. This is never a movie I would have, like, <coughs> thought out to watch, of course. But, uh, I was actually, here's a, it's really funny. I was in a hotel room. It was just Kristen and I in Tampa, Florida. We were in a hotel room. And, you know, when you go to hotels, they always have, like, HBO or Stars or yeah. Cinemax or Showtime. So, like, oh, you gotta, you gotta get <coughs> on these movie channels because you don't get these at home. I don't remember which one it was, but I put it on and Magic Mike was on. So Kristen and I watched this movie together and we both found it very entertaining. We laughed. We thought it was good. Um, But the movie takes place in Tampa, Florida. And we happen to be in a hotel in Tampa, Florida. And then let's fast forward a couple years. We happen to be in another hotel, this time in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And I did the same thing. And Magic Mike 2 was on. And I said, oh, Kristen, look, it's Magic Mike 2. Magic Mike 2 takes place in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. <laughs> and it was just like the most fucking random thing ever. But 
Magic Mike 2 is absolute dog shit. It sucked. It wasn't funny. I did not like it. But Magic Mike 1, I really got a kick out of it. And I really wanted you to see it. And I I'm, thought, I'm glad... Yeah. I thought what was most interesting about the storytelling element of this movie was... Unlike most stories like these, they didn't solve all the problems at the end of the movie. Like, Mm-mm. that girl's brother, the, the kid, the protege that magic that uh, Channing Tatum's character took on, he's still, yeah. like, fucked up. Like, he's still... He's yeah. now taken on the role of Channing Tatum's character in Matthew McConaughey's group, where he's the kid, he's the right hand, he's, he's Matthew McConaughey's dude, and he's constantly doing drugs and fucking other women which i'm thinking about now maybe he's not that fucked up maybe that's a life i want um (laughs) but um (laughs) yeah like the problems aren't solved really like it's still like matt like mike and matthew or mcconaughey's character leave on bad terms uh the kid's still a drug addict this this and that thing going on uh channing tatum's character doesn't necessarily we don't know if he gets his feet off the ground if he stays like not being able to like get his shop his uh, furniture building business like on his feet. So I think that was a very interesting like there was not a happiness there's a happiest ending you can get but it's not the happy ending you would necessarily see in these kind of movies. I thought that was very interesting in the writing for that. <coughs> okay. So Scott, oh, it's time yeah. for you. I and uh, during the month of Hall- uh, October, I've been trying to pick spooky horror movies as best I can. Um, so why don't you talk about The Babysitter? What do you think of that? The Babysitter, a Netflix original. I had not heard of this movie, so I, I kind of like doing this. I went in completely blind. Um, now, Adam, you'll have to help me here because I don't have my internet movie database pulled up. Um, uh, what's, the, what's, what's the girl you love that you told? Uh... Bell Thorne. The main, like Bella the, the main character, not the main character, but she's like the face of the movie, basically. So that's what I wanted <coughs> to ask because she's not the main character. No. At at all, like she's not the babysitter. That's a different girl, which I thought was interesting. Like Samara Bella Weaving plays, plays plays the babysitter, the B yes. her bees. Th- yes, thank you for pulling up. Uh, Bella Thorne played the cheerleader. Yeah. Like, 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 there was definitely, like, the stereotypes and the tropes of, like, the high school people. Like, for sure in this, in this movie. And I think, I think the ragtag bunch of high school group, I, I, they made the movie. So, how it starts out is there's, there's this young kid who's junior high, eighth grade, something like that. Very middle school. Middle school, and he's he's quite dorky, and kind of a loser, I guess you'd say. The quintessential, like when you're that age, you don't know if you're fish or fowl, and you can you see he gets bullied at school, and the only good thing he's got going for him is that he still has a babysitter, and he's right on the verge of, hey, maybe he's too old to have a babysitter, but his babysitter is a senior in high school, smoking hot, smoking hot. And his friends are, like, jealous of how hot his babysitter is. And she's very cool. Like, she's awesome. Like, she genuinely, I feel like, likes hanging out with him. Yeah. And he enjoys hanging out with her. Well, everything seems to be going normal and fine until the one time she's babysitting and she's over the house and 
it's time for the kid to go to bed and he goes to sleep and he does what all kids do and he like sneaks downstairs and he finds out that his babysitter and a group of her friends are doing some like satanic ritual they're in a, they're in a satanic cult basically they're in a cult yeah basically <coughs> and they, they they had a kid who they fucking murdered they sacrificed him and then they make the comment that they need they now need the blood of the innocent which is the kid so he's like oh what the fuck blood of a well, virgin the blood of a virgin yeah craziness kind of ensues and uh it's just what I loved so much about the movie was the righteous, awesome death. Yes. So the whole movie, it's not so much a horror movie anymore as it is this young kid trying to get away from these older high school kids that are all trying to like catch him. It's very much a horror comedy, I guess would yes. be the term you would put it. Yes, yes, very well put. A horror comedy. Because there's definitely parts that made me laugh out loud. It, it, it's just like like the, the quarterback of the football team who was always shirtless, like he had his shirt off. And it was like an ongoing joke. Like it was an ongoing joke. He was just like, "Why are you shirtless?" <laughs> and the friend, like somebody's like, "That's your first question." <laughs> I love that. I love that line so much. <laughs> oh shit! But uh, no. So without giving you a full synopsis of the of the movie basically one by one something crazy happens and the bad kids trying to get him end up getting killed in a precarious way which i think is awesome which is my favorite part and um it gets to the very end of the movie and it's him versus the babysitter and uh he drives a car into the house like like a fucking pimp like like, fast and the furious just rampant yeah fucking fucking like kills her that's like the end of the movie (coughs) And I, I was totally into this movie. I was totally down, totally into it. And, uh, of course, in classic horror movie fashion, you know, the police and the EMTs and the paramedics and the fire department, they come at the end of the movie. And one of them, you know, goes into the house and he looks at the car and the babysitter's gone. And all of a sudden she, like, attacks the guy from behind. Looks at, So it's like, oh, shit, she's still alive. She's not dead. You know, one, one of yeah. those things. And... Here's what I was going to ask you. I don't know if you're familiar. As I was watching this on Netflix, there's a Babysitter 2. I watched there's... it a couple weeks ago. Okay, so I'm thinking about watching it, so no spoilers, because I enjoyed the first one enough to watch this one. But there's something I'm very curious about. I looked at the like the thumbnail poster of the movie, and it had like all the fucking characters from the first movie who died. Yeah. How are they? How are they in it again? They fucking died. It would spoil it if I told you. Okay. Well. It would spoil it if I told you. One thing. The only thing I'll say about it is, babies. The first Babysitter movie is a. I said a great horror comedy. It's got a lot Mm -hmm. of great tropes in it. I watched the second one, and I was very disappointed in it because they took those tropes and they realized, oh, people love this stuff about the movie. The first one, mm-hmm. we're going to make another one, but we're going to ramp it up by 10 and we're going to make it even more ridiculous and insane. And we're going to like be very like inside jokey of it and stuff like that. It's like, you remember how the first scary movie was great and you laughed at it and it was fun. Mm-hmm. And then they made scary movie six and you're like, oh, well, we've seen this format already and you're just taking it to a ridiculous level. 
it yeah. felt kind of like that. It wasn't okay. it wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible, but it's no it's not the first one. The first one like kind of caught lightning in a bottle when they were doing this movie and it was fun and enjoyable and it se- and yeah. So I'm happy you're going to watch the second one. I'm actually happy you enjoyed this one too. Um I'm just, just the only thing I'll say about it is they definitely said we know what we're doing and we're going to make sure you know what we're doing. Okay. <clears throat> okay. But I, I liked it. I would recommend it. Um, it was a fun watch. Is it a good movie? No. Is it entertaining? Yes. It's and a good, bad movie. It's what it is. Yeah, and I mean, that's all you need. I, I, like, I don't need to watch an Oscar-worthy movie every night of my life. I just would like to watch something that entertains me, and, and that's what this did. So, Scott, Scott ask yeah. me why I watched the movie in the first place. I know that answer. Like, <laughs> you... You subscribe to Bella Thorne's OnlyFans because <laughs> you were disappointed. You talked about this already. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. The, she's, she's mega super attractive. Yeah. Because uh, they put her on the cover at Netflix whenever you scroll around and she's like laying on her side blowing a bubble with a bubble gum and I'm like. Yeah. And oh, she's not the okay. main character. Not like, like not even a little bit. No. In fact, she's one of the first ones to die or you think she is okay it's the whole thing but yeah but yeah she's okay anyway (laughs) i'm glad i'm glad you liked it though i'm glad you liked it i I thought you would all right so what are we doing for next week's course of cinema Ooh, that's a very interesting question um i will go first with this one if you don't mind i want scott this is the last week the last week that we're doing um halloween halloween is in about a week uh-huh. so it's exactly one week yes and this is going to be the last one it's not going to be your traditional horror movie some might argue it's not really a horror movie i don't know i beg to differ to your opinion but i would like you scott to watch the rocky horror picture show oh Okay, I've never seen that. It's on Hulu. It has the horror in the title, so we're gonna watch that. So it it is so check out Rocky Horror Picture on Hulu. I love this movie. I love this. Tim Curry is very Tim Curry. It's a musical, right? It is. It is a musical. It's Oh, you love your musical. I love me a musical. Um Okay. So I would like you to watch that. I mean I know all about it. It's it's very famous yeah i've just ne- i've just never seen it i i know songs from it i've just i don't know i've just never seen it i don't know i suck i'm an uncultured swine i guess <laughs> well you're gonna be cultured now <clears throat> okay so i'm gonna break the mold here i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of go against go against what we're doing like like rocky horror picture that's from like the 70s isn't it uh something like that yeah i think 70s so. maybe maybe early 80s maybe you're uh, yeah it's, it's a it's an old film I'm going to do something a little bit differently because typically when we do Course of Cinema, it's a movie that's been out for a while. It's a movie that we've seen and there's no reason for you have not to seen this movie. <coughs> I'm going to break that and I'm going to make you watch a new movie. Ooh. A movie that just recently came out this month and I just recently watched it like two days ago and I found it hysterical and you're going to watch Borat 2. Bo- really? And it's not actually called Borat 2. Uh, subsequent movie film or something it's called. 
but it's on it's on Prime Video. It's on Prime Video, and you've you've seen Borat one, right? I have. I love Borat Run. Okay. Yes. So in in this episode, we were we were very political. This was our politics episode for the upcoming election, and this movie gets a little pol- political. We'll say. I've heard some things. Yes. I've heard so a few things. I've heard some... people on Fox News and CNN making excuses for why they were doing something. I've heard a few things, so... Well, you're going to be the judge of that now, so you'll have to let me know. Um, but yeah, so watch the, the second film from <laughs> Borat. It's on Prime Video. It gets a little political at times, but as in as in Sasha Barico in fashion, it gets off the rails pretty quick. And I watched it just like I said two nights ago, and I was just dying hysterically during it. So I'm really excited. I hope you enjoy it. All right, I'm gonna watch this. So to reiterate for the people, Scott Malinke's watch is gonna be the Rocky Horror Picture Show on Hulu or wherever else you want to watch it, and my watch is gonna be Borat Two on Prime Video. So watch that for next uh, course cinema coming up next week, and uh, let us know what you think. And remind reminder, if you guys want to give us ideas for co- for coercive cinema or say what you thought about the movies, you can email us for distraction at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Search for distraction at podcast FYD. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Search for distraction. We're also on Spotify and Google Play. You have to search at pot or you have to search podcast FYD on those platforms. Uh, rate us. Like us, share us with your friends, comment on us. The only way we grow is if you guys help us grow. And the comments and ratings actually do make a difference. It tells the algorithms, hey, these guys are getting traction. Let's recommend them to some other people. So there we go. We are still a member of the B-Real Podcasting Network. So head over to Podbean and search for the Movie Guys Podcast. That is our official unofficial hub for the B-Real Network. Uh, They also upload the episodes on YouTube. So search for the Movie Guys Podcast on there. Uh, we're still, as you heard at the beginning of the show, a member of the Electronic Media Collective. So head over to electronicmediacollective.com and listen to us on there if you want and tell them what a great podcast they have on their site. Yeah, um, like you said, we are on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter. I've been slacking a little bit. Uh, you scolded me before we got on air with my with my social media handling. So I'm going to be more on top of that in the upcoming weeks here. So check out us on Facebook. Like I said, you can go to Facebook and search for For Your Distraction, and you can like our page on there. I always post links to our newest shows, and I share clips of like upcoming movies and trailers and, and share cool things on there. Um, we're also on Twitter, like Adam said. Search for For Your Distraction on Twitter, and you can follow us there, or you can tweet us at Podcast FYD. Uh, good show, Adam. Good show. Excited. I'm excited for oh, next, yeah. next week. Halloween next week, so it's going to be spooky. spooky. But uh, to all our listeners, thank you for checking us out again. But most importantly, you have to vote. vote I don't care who vote, you vote, vote for. Get the fuck out and vote or you're not allowed to bitch.